the higher you can work your way up is they'll give you 800,000, but however much more you build that up to, you can have much more. To like 7% on like a $700,000 account, that's pretty good. Today on the podcast, I got Cody with Simpler Trading, who has given us his time and he's going to dive into his trading past and what he does now and kind of tell us everything he's learned on the way so we can get better as traders ourselves. So thank you for coming on, Cody. Yes, sir. We met. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So we uh, kind of want to gauge like your, we call it the hero story. So where'd you come from? Like what was the beginning? And then, you know, you found trading. What was that process like? Well, that process for me was kind of, I, I just, I'm just going to have to go back to high school because it kind of really ties into where I ended up where I'm at now in a crazy roundabout way. Um, so when I was in high school, I was a, my senior year, I enlisted in the Marine Corps, um, was a rifleman or whatnot, did all my time, went to Iraq and all that stuff, came back, um, went to school, became a paramedic. That was a paramedic for about four years or so. And then, um, like it, like most, um, guys in the military that have, a, I guess we'll say combat experience and whatnot, um, decided, you know, I'm going to go do the whole contracting thing where the money's at. All right, so I was a security contractor, um, jumped through all those hoops. So I went over there as a, what they call a tactical medic, whatnot. It was 2015. My first son was on his way, and um, contractors make a decent amount of money. And I didn't want to be one of those type of guys that was always overseas, gone. Because my rotations at the time, where I was gone for 105 days and basically back for 32. And that, that was my rotation between Afghanistan and back. And, um, well, you know, and I was like, well, how can I make, how can I make my money, make me money? That's obviously the stock market is the way to go. Um, I started, I would say I started out with the day trading stuff. I day traded for a really long time through various courses across all the internet, trying to figure out which I had well with me. Um, so I did that for a long time while I was overseas. That's where I learned. And then Took a little bit of break in 2017. I uh, was a flight medic for a little bit. I'm still traded. And then I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going um, or going back to Afghanistan and uh, still trading and whatnot. And while I was up in Afghanistan until the evacuation that just happened a little over a year ago. And um, while I was out there after the evacuation, I was like, you know, and then my company was like talking about sending me to Baghdad and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So anyways, um, reached out to Simpler and then jumped through all their due diligence uh, hoops, proof of concept and they, you know, proof I could do everything, things like that. And um, here I am now, I guess. Now that's all I did, right in that. Yeah. So what's, what's contracting when you, when you say you were a contractor, like what's that, what's that mean? Um, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, most people don't. Well, it really depends. Long story short, I helped uh, various government department agencies accomplish their mission over there. Long story short, anywhere from protection to other type of things like that. And, and I was a medic on the team. But it wasn't something like you wanted to do long term. Like it paid a lot, but it was not... Like, was, was it too stressful just not being home with the kids or was it not fulfilling? It was just not being home. Oh, I love the job. I think I'll never find a job that I 
like I really enjoy trading. It's nice. Yeah. But at, there is a time where it's, we're going to get to a point where it's not so, you know, you don't want to be stressed all the time. You don't know, like, um, you know, it's a high stress environment. Like I love the job, love the guys I work with. Um, I don't like, there was a time where my wife is and tells me, she goes, I've never thought you were even going to come home. Like <laughs> I really did enjoy it in it. But the reason I decided to, I guess we'll say hang that hat, if you will, was simply just to, so I could be there with my family. Yeah, that makes sense. But you would go back if you could, like if you weren't trading. If I, I won't say nothing's stopping me from going, I could, but <laughs> like, it, I know it's kind of iffy, like there's a, I can't, that's not something I should do forever. And I know guys that have, and then, um, and then they're still doing it. And I will say not a lot of them are happy because you, your life is dedicated literally to the government and you kind of get stuck in this hole. In a sense, you kind of get institutionalized. But um, yeah. yeah, that's not a life of I like coming home or being home. I do my quick trades, help teach people how to do a few things, help them learn their curve. Instead of like me, I did the beginning uh, strategy hopping, you know, and but like I know they say strategy hopping is bad. But my personal opinion, the hardest part about learning the trade or being a develop, developing trader is finding a strategy that fits your trading personality, your risk tolerance, how much time you want to allocate to it. And that's why I think people strategy hop, not really consistency, more of like they're not getting what they're expecting. People need to find what they want first and then stick yeah. to that strategy. Um, but my, I, I like being able to help people um, get that curve. I get a lot of emails from individuals that are, uh, retired and they say oh because you helped me i don't have to dip into my savings i can live just fine stuff and to me i think that's that's just as awesome you know someone is able sure. to live on their own terms and i'm not saying like the generic things you see on social media like lambos and all that stuff you know it's just an elderly couple you know they're able to hang out with their grandkids because it's something i showed them without worrying about money to me that is a success in my opinion yeah yeah it's awesome to to change others lives and kind of see the difference you're making really quickly. Like when you work for corporations, like you don't know if the product you designed like is actually helping people, it's hard to see it. But yeah, yeah being a coach is, is a great job. And you started trading like high school. I have no clue when that was <laughs> for you. <laughs> I could go, actually, I wasn't trading in high school. I didn't start trading until I was, a, so I graduated in 2005. I started trading in 2015 when I was in Afghanistan. So 10 years later, that's when I started first diving into it. Nice. So 10 years of like you said, strategy hopping. You, you were oh, saying, no, sorry. <laughs> I guess I said that confusing. Um, so I didn't start trading until 2015. I was strategy hopping basically from 2015 to maybe 2007. Uh-huh. that. Um, Oh, there's one other piece that I left out of that is that and as I was learning and trading in 2016, I started trading for a firm and uh, a prop firm and uh, did that for a while. Um, and that's where I actually learned my option side of things because everything was day trading. That's where I left the option side out was I started trading for the firm and they give you the whole option uh, it was a very good course and something you have to get through before you even touch the life capital and tests and all this stuff. Wow. Um, it took me like eight months to get through it. Um, 
but it's uh that's where I started trading options and that's where I kind of grown since then. That's awesome. And when you had hopped into the firm and started trading options, was that like everything started clicking? Like you knew that was what you wanted to do long-term is options? Yeah, um, definitely. Cause I, that's when I, cause at first I was like, no, I don't want to trade options. I just want to be a day trader or trade shares. Like, you know, I don't, something about options in the beginning, you know, people don't really want to dive into it. And I was kind of the same. But once I was like, okay, you know what, I'll just give it a shot. And this was through their training stuff. And I was like, oh, hold on. And then they started uh, my mentors, you get mentors and stuff. And then they they bring and show you the differences of like, well, if you had this amount of money, but then this amount of money with options, see the price difference. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it started clicking then. And then that's when I really ran with it. <laughs> yeah. And what was like, I don't, I don't know if there's any like big successes in the first couple of years, but when was the that shining moment where you realize this is a real replace your job type of deal, you know, like what, what was that day like? When I realized it, you know, I really don't know. I don't, it was just more of a, so like, so my overseas job, like I was consistent with, I've been growing my account forever, training for the firm and whatnot. And um, I guess I've never really had to worry about having to switch because I've been doing it so long with having a full-time job. And then whatever, yeah. all I did was get rid of the other. And then now that just works. And like I never had to stress it because I was working for the firm for three years before I even pulled the plug, the contracting side of things. Because it's, you could trade on your own terms with them. You could day trade, swing trades or whatever. And um, so I guess to answer your question, I really didn't have to stress about it. And like, Well, no, I mean, when, when did it go from like, this is a cool idea, like probably gambling to, this is actually like a legitimate source of income, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I, I get what you mean. Um, like what was that moment like for you? That moment when I came, really. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really don't have an answer for you, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the reason I think so is because I've always approached it from like, I need to make it happen so I can leave this place maybe. And um, like, I never approached, I never hit it like a gambling side. That type of discipline was already respected on my side. I never approached it sure. like that. Um, yeah, I mean. I guess uh, if that makes sense. I know, I understand the question, but that's the best way to answer. I never really had to like worry about it. It was more of like, this is, it was never a gambling side, but you obviously have that area of failure. Um, but I've never really, this sounds really, ignorant when I say this, but I've never really had significant failure with it. Um, and I, that could be because of the firm, maybe because they, like I told you, they build you up from step, from the top to bottom, from like you understand everything. And then you have to trade, like you have to trade your plan for about four months, paper trading, and you submit a literally a written document of what you're doing, <laughs> when you're doing it, how you're doing it, if, wow. if then, that, like everything. And I've always had it. And that's been ingrained with me since basically the beginning. So I guess I've never like had that worry, I guess. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's the right way to start is just paper trade till you find something consistent. That That's amazing that they had you do that. But like the thing most people do is they just, you know, shiny object hop and it could be 
trading could be like Facebook FBA or Amazon FBA. Um, and you could be creating your own, uh, who knows, Facebook, like marketing brand, like people try things until they succeed. Mm -hmm. I was just curious, like you tried trading, but you just succeeded right away. So that, that's great. But most people like, they don't know if it's going to be their thing, but it sounds like you had no way out. So you're like, I'm going to make this happen. Right. Yeah. It was definitely a, like, this is going to work or nothing. Else. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. You had a great journey then if you found like mentorship and a program and results like, right away. Yeah. Like it, my results in the beginning weren't huge by any means. Like they were, my average monthly return was probably maybe only seven to 10%. Um, but to me, at the time that was large because I like, I didn't, because to like 7% on like a $700,000 account, that's pretty good because the firm gives you the money. You don't have to worry about that. It. It's just a small amount. Sure. But um, that's enough to live off of. Um, that's incredible. So they take like 30% or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, 20. Yeah, that's not bad either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I mean. And so how how large can you get like for your account with a firm? Like what's the max they can loan you? Uh, 800,000, but you're, you have six times the margin. Well, how does that work? Uh, because you could, you, you could trade either way you want to. Um, so obviously if you have 800,000, we'll say they'll, they, the highest you can work your way up is they'll give you 800,000, but however much more you build that up to, you can have much more, but once you get more sophisticated at a higher level like that, you can manipulate things more than just spreads or long calls. It's, it's more of like when you have an account that size, you trade longer term and you'll have your shares. And then, um, you know, like if you recover calls or you'll get into your butterfly, then you'll do some moves with shares as well, that Delta hedge and all kinds of stuff like that. You get yeah. a little more fancy um, yeah. when you're like at that high of a, of a capital amount. Yeah. So like, uh, you had, you learned all those strategies and you're doing them in that account, like 800 K how you, how do you allocate that per month? Typically as far as amount, um, all those strategies, like what percentage is like your momentum, like long holds with percentages, like day trading, like, oh, credit okay, gotcha. trade. yeah. Um, so and initially it was, it really comes down to, and this isn't how I've been trading this market by any because I, I actually just been doing the day trade stuff, but with that account is very much more of you give basically a rating on the market. Like if we'll say it's a negative three to a plus three, if you're a plus three, you're really bullish. If you're down to a negative three, you're really bearish. And then, um, ultimately if it's, uh, I'll have 10 positions. And then if I'm really bullish, I'll have more bullish positions and bears and some sideways. It's a whole, the whole gambit of things, but I would allocate roughly 20% um, per um, trade at the time. And it's just a continuous rolling cycle type of thing. Yeah. It's that awesome. a, that's a very in-depth conversation as far as how you're choosing one. It's more of like, if yeah. I'm expecting the market to go sideways up right now, I'll have uh, a few diagonals, some verticals. I'll have some, hedges and some weak sectors and then you'll um and you just let it ebb and flow that way 
Um, but I haven't traded that way in probably about a year since the market got all wonky. And I just started, like I said, just day trading. Yeah. So with uh, like 10 positions and hedging, like, is it mentally like overwhelming looking at your account every day or like how, how, oh, no. how did you get over that? Um, oh, it's easy. So the way you're trained to do it with them is, um, so first of all, you always position size for max loss. And um, so, you know, you're, you only buy as much as you're willing to lose. And um, the easiest way, and I will say it really finesses it, because there are times where I'll have 10 positions on, but I don't have positions on, they don't spare, so we'll say for two weeks, I don't touch the positions until those two weeks are up. And then I manage the ones that are expiring. You hold everything into expiration, um, except long calls. Um, but if it's a spread, you do. Um, so then everything you just you only manage on expirations really yeah that's that's awesome but if you bought like 10 stocks how do you manage the stock do you just set those bracket orders and let it run or trailing stops uh both um so if you're just short like you're talking about just straight up shares yeah if that was in your plan like Okay. Well, yeah, that wasn't in my uh, in my plan. For me, what I always did is I always scaled out. Um, I would, uh, if I got into position, I'm all about um, at least scaling out just in case if it does turn against me. Um, I always closed half of 50%, move stop loss to break even, and let it keep riding. It was always my, just rinse and repeat, always over and over, 50%, half, stop loss, break even. Sometimes you get the full, sometimes you stop out, but nonetheless, there's always more opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Is there any like bragging accolades that you had in your time with the prop firm? Like, what do you mean? Like, were you the top top dog for a month or oh, a year? Oh, for that am I now? Actually, to be honest, I've never even seen them in person ever. I've never <laughs> met a single person. I've never. I've only seen their faces a few times, like on meetings. But um, it's very much I. I. Describe it kind of like being a realtor, from what I know of being a realtor, anyways. It's kind of like, you know, you they don't care what you're doing, how you're doing it, as long as you don't lose their money and you keep building your account. I mean, you can trade however you want. Um, it's very hands-off. Like, so it's very, uh, I don't know, who, I have a pretty good idea who the top guys are, but um, there's, there's, it's very, we'll say anti-social. Since everything's yeah. remote. <laughs> it's interesting. They don't like create a competition with everybody. I feel like traders are naturally competitive people. <laughs> yeah, I think they do because it's a there's an option on the Forex side. I'm pretty sure they do on the Forex side. Um, but uh, nothing on that option side. They've said that I've talked to the main guy, or he was the CEO at the time, talking about it. He said that it would cause irrational trading. Well, yeah, I, maybe, but hopefully the people that you get money to are disciplined enough to not do that. But hey, <laughs> yeah, I guess any extra pressure is no good pressure. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. So you went from prop firm, like $800,000 account to simpler trading, right? And you, you don't have the prop firm account anymore? No. And do they provide you with an account at simpler? No. Everything's our own money. Got it. And do you miss like that big account now or do you like what you do now? 
Well, I the reason I dropped this um, firm account was just so because I, I had it at first when I was with, with Simpler. You know, I was managing that account, my IRA. Um, I run the small account mastery with John Carter over there at Simpler, and um, it just started to be too much. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to cash out of the firm account. And like, I can always go right back. I was like, you know, for now, I'm going to cash out from y'all. Um, focus on building my, um, I guess, say my career at Simpler and just help build these small accounts and then manage my right. So I, there was really no need to really keep on doing it. So I was like, you know, I'll just let it go and just manage my own stuff. Because it was Got just it. too much going on. Because you still have like desk fees and all that stuff. And I was like, you know, I just, it's easier to just let it go. Let me focus on this, what I have going on right now. Especially, like I said, I don't ever hear from them. It's almost like it's a weird feeling because they give you the money, but yet again, there's nothing there. But um, I don't know. Yeah. So I just cut it so I can focus on simpler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to focus on whatever's most meaningful. Well, and one other reason is because it's like this is some people don't think about it is when you're leveraged. And I, like I've mentioned, I've been doing shorter term trading. When you're leveraged in shorter term trading, there's no point in being leveraged. Yeah. Because like, a, so when it starts off, like you put in risk capital and then they give you a bump up the, to whatever amount you start off with. So in the beginning, you get 5,000, they give you 20. But if you lose that five, you're like, you're out until you put more money in because that's how they manage it, right? And uh but whenever you're shorter term trading, it doesn't matter how much I'm putting up at risk because the gamma exposure and everything else with the premium, it, there's no reason to be uh, leveraged because as soon as it goes against you and say it does go against me, there's no point to be leveraged because I lose it all. And then I lose the account. I might as well just trade my own account if I'm short trading short term and keep the whole profit because there's no point in being leveraged whenever it's fully at risk. It only works on longer term trading. So you're trading now, like, put your whole account at risk, you're saying? Well, when I say whole account at risk, like, let me put it in this perspective. Let's say you have, um, like, we'll use the, the beginning stages. Like, you, you put in $5,000 and they give you twenty, so you have $25,000. And then, say, uh, you're doing um, shorter-term trades and you... Um, just for fun, just for an example of this, yeah, the $25,000, you put $5,000 into a trade. And you lost it all in that one-day trade. If you put it all into that one-day trade, you're, you lose your account. But whenever you're leveraged, the way it works out for you, as the market ebbs and flows, it, since you have more premium there, you don't get stopped out as quick. And then therefore, being leveraged makes sense or benefits you more then than a shorter-term trade because you just blow your account versus... If you have, uh, if you put 5,000 to a trade, but further out in time, you don't lose it so quickly. It allows you to add and flow with it. Versus it makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So with your small account coaching, is uh, you, don't, you don't have to give away too much, but like how does a new trader in the markets, uh, I'm assuming it's with options, how do they like handle their small account? Like what's the best advice you can give to them? For a small account, and the way the market currently is right now, what I personally would say is fine is for one consistency, and I would say honor your risk. Um, when you're starting off small, you need to just watch your risk where you you know you don't want to blow it all. And then 
with like the smoke mastery whenever it comes to like alerts too i mean um i know you do that kind of thing as well um my recommendation too is for people at least uh, before entering the trade at least understand why this is happening what's being evaluated look at it first before you hop in and feel the fomo because that's what i think a lot of people do they run in and then if without evaluating it they got in too big then they should have because they weren't paying attention and then it, then it just turns into a mess and then oh it's your fault but now it's like hold on that's like you need to take a step back and evaluate what's going on but that's my number one recommendation is find something well first find something that works for you have consistency on your wrist is the most important thing yeah what do you find works the best for new traders typically um like the type of trade um when you say find something that works for you what do you see most new traders gravitating towards and and, wins. and being successful i mean like what's their consistency usually sitting at um that's a tough one i really don't know what they sit at because i i have a room of quite a few people where some are pretty active some are not and um no one really talks about where they at most of the time it's people that say they are um, either just starting out or they're having a hard time to find discipline and as far as uh where they're sitting as far as like win rate of their issues it seems like a lot of people are just having a hard time with discipline and become the thing that's i that's always the number one thing to say i'm here just trying to learn consistency and be disciplined and it seems like a lot of people break the rules yeah for sure that's seems like a consistent problem throughout time just emotions and everything oh yeah and so with, with like the most recent 18 months in the recession like um how's that been for you have you been adapting and adjusting like scaling down like have you learned any big lessons uh yeah actually i have um in the beginning of the whole the bear market stuff going on i was doing really well um and then i did hit the lull where i was like man it seemed like every decision i was making was wrong and i was like oh so then i had to take a step back and start evaluating some things and um but once i started evaluating things i started to look for what made sense to me i started um just shortening uh shortening my time frame because you know in the like 2021 the market taught us you know you could you know or it got really easy to always buy the dip then yeah. and then you know and you got used to um for me personally i always did spreads and like I said, I always get out 50%, move stop loss to break even, and I'll get out at about 80% um, of the next profit from there every time. And I'd almost hit it. I had a, I basically would have five, and this strategy, because I have multiple, was um, I would have five trades on at a time in a 14-day to expiration rolling period. And then it was kind of like a, just a continuous compounding type of trade um, trading plan. But whenever the market shortened its swings and much more volatile swings yeah it didn't quite work and uh so the way i adjusted was just trading those zero days to expiration sbx trades it was, it was nice to wake up fresh and then now i'm kind of just addicted to it like i'm in a trade <laughs> i would trade by 10 30 and now i'm like i don't care what happens tonight I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> you hold them overnight or you just do zero days um i've been so i have this uh, motto I've been telling people at some point I was like I'm out to make swing trading great again for 2023 <laughs> for me anyways because I did start to not do very well at it 
And I also think it got turned into a part where I was doing day trading so often that I lost my swing trading side of things. Um, <laughs> and so uh, um, I have been nibbling into swing trades and some, a new tool I've added to my, my, let's say my toolbox for 2023 was um, volume profile. And uh, that's been pretty, um, pretty significant as far as using that as well, as far as nailing your entries. So that's one key thing I've noticed that pretty good increase in my win rate from adding that and something I'm adding to it just overnight. Yeah, that's great. And with like uh, the market, it was like super rational, like everything's running in the past. You see like GME and AMC, like how do you handle that as someone who's been trading for like uh, multiple years, like with your emotions and do you have strategies that you do utilize for like, like I've been trading AI a lot. It's like one of my top stocks recently. Uh, do you love like those stocks or do you hate those stocks? I'm curious how you, how you attack them. Um, like the, the big moving um, or ones like that. Uh, I actually don't trade them. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing that GME has done to make me upset is I legit almost bought GME when it was about 10 bucks, like three days before the huge explosion. Yeah. But the reason I didn't is I was like, man, these, this, and it comes from trading a large account. I was like, man, this, this is just too cheap for me. It's not even worth me to play. And so I left it alone. And then, then a few days later, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would have been great. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't go chasing those. My main focus right now is I just look at it. SPX, just same setup every time. That's all I've been doing. I love it. So zero day setup, like you put it on right in the morning or midday? Uh, I put it on within roughly the first hour of the day. And like butterflies or iron condors or credit spreads? It's a, so what I've been doing, I've been going back and forth, but if we're looking for consistency, the number one was my drama free trade or whatever. It's just a far out of the money wide credit spread. When I say yeah. wide, like what I'm doing is anywhere from a Delta 20 to a Delta 10. I've been seeing around 15 lately, but it's 50 wide. It's basically a synthetic naked option. And um, what I learned from swing trading a method like this is um, those really far out of the monies, when the market moves your direction, the premium gets sucked out of them really quick. So if that happens and you collect it, um, if the market is choppy, all you're doing is collecting the premium from the choppiness. And there's even been times when it goes against me if I say I'm wrong and uh, say I go put on a call credit spread and it's like the price will go lower, but it's actually creeping up slowly. Um, as the premium is getting sucked out of that short position, I'm still right. I just can't be way wrong. And um, you're like today, if you, if you did a put credit spread today, it would have been really tough you know, to manage that. Yeah. Um, if I did a put credit spread today, I definitely would have stopped it. <laughs> and your stops like three times the risk or something. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's a pretty common strategy out there. I remember the guys, like when I was trading at the firm, guys would do this all the time. These older guys, they would, uh, it was back when there was only Monday, Wednesday, and Friday options. That's all they did on SPX. They would wait 15 minutes after the open look at it, think which way they think it's going to go for the day, <laughs> put on their spread, their Delta 10 <laughs> spread, set their stop, and just walk away. 
And yeah, it's not. what's that? It's got to be nice with 800k a lot of fees but like yeah yeah i mean and like and all you do is close the short leg um but they uh when, they when, you, get, when you get stopped out you close the short leg oh no not at all so if you think of it this way there's been times um i actually have it on my youtube channel there's a time where i did a all credit spread i think no it was a put credit spread it rallied up. I got out at about 80% of the credit received. And then um, I went for a run. I came back, found out the market taint. And then that uh, long put that I just saved, because it's when you buy in that spread, that long put's only 10 cents of value. It's literally oh, there just to cap uh, yeah, yeah. your amount of capital requirement. That's and then beautiful. that shot up and that turned into another huge bonus. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's dinner for the family right there at a nice steak restaurant. <laughs> yeah, man. I was just like, man, that's a, but yeah, those guys were doing that all the time, except they weren't using technical analysis. And, but I was a young trader. Then I was like, no, I'm going to take Tesla to the moon or whatever. And, um, <laughs> and that's when I was a lot more aggressive, but now I'm kind of, you know, just chill out, place my trade and um, be done with it. But I, that, I took their idea and applied technical analysis with it and, that's kind of like what I've been doing to ebb and flow with that whole situation. Yeah. And so I asked this to somebody on the last stream, but like, if you were given a million bucks, which you've already basically were given a million dollars, like what would you do to trade it? Like, or invest it, or how would you allocate it? Um, to do whatever you want, make whatever mm -hmm. you want from it in the future. Well, what I do yeah, like if oh, someone yeah. just gave you a, a million bucks, like you got your other account on, your other IRAs, like where, where how would you put to work a million dollars? Um, if I got a million bucks right now, I think this would be a really good time. Because I personally, from the way I'm analyzing things, I think we're at least going to pivot to the upside quite a bit right now. I think this could um, be a good time to throw that million dollars into longer term investments and let that work and then use what I have for my everyday stuff. That's what I would do. And what, what stocks? Um, well, really, uh, stock specific, I really don't have any. Well, what if, if I had to really narrow it down off the top of my head, I'd want to find some stuff right now. They have to at least, on the tech sector, if the market is going to turn around, if, say, the Fed just started to pivot and whatnot, then I would say tech sector start to rally, fix itself. Um, I would just go to relatives with, and the easiest answer, look for strength in the strong sectors and so strong stocks and strong sectors and just throw it in there because if the market does turn the expectation is that those are going to move the most because they've already been strong mm -hmm. and um that's what i would do like pepsi and coca-cola and mcdonald's and target or like what do, you, what do you think strong right now oil um oil well to be quite honest um it's as far as like those are consumer I guess discretionary. So those would be a sector worth going up uh, as well. But to what I think is the strongest sector right now, I want to be hundred percent honest. I don't know. And I don't <laughs> care because I've been doing the day trade stuff. I trade one thing yeah. over and over. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so that's hundred percent honest. I don't have a clue. I haven't had to worry about my sector analysis in a long time since I started doing it. And we'll just wrap it up with a couple more questions, but what's uh like a 10-year goal for you, like where do you want to be? Uh, could be like place place in the U.S. or like job and um, 
do you still want to be trading your, your zero day stuff? Um, yeah, I'd say in about 10 years, I would still like to be, I still trim my zero DT stuff. I mean, for me personally, I know some people don't think it's super crazy, but I think a thousand bucks a day for my standard living is just fine. And at a consistent thousand bucks a day, just chilling out, do my quick trade where I don't have to worry about anything, do my quick trade and move on. Um, I would just, yeah, just still like to keep doing that. Um, I really don't have anything other than, I don't have any crazy 10 year goals. I would just like to keep living life to the best of my abilities, really keep doing what I'm doing and thriving. And maybe I'll be like John Carter one day owning kangaroos and giraffes, I don't know. But um, just keep my consistency going and um, just scale up, really. That's crazy. He owns kangaroos and giraffes. Oh, absolutely. What? I haven't looked into this guy too much. You don't know who John Carter is? Man, you're about I've to find seen, out. Uh, I've seen, <laughs> I, went to, I went to your website and I got hit with retargeting. So I'm starting to learn who he is. Oh, yeah. He um, he's basically has a little zoo at his ranch in the, the hills in Texas. He has giraffes, zebras. He just got the giraffes. But he would literally have a... We have oh meetings God. and he'll bring a little baby kangaroo in a couch and be like, oh, look who it is. And like, he really does. He he's he's pretty cool, solid trader. Um, he's the one that created some trading. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with like the TTM squeeze and whatnot. He created it. Wow. Um, that's so yeah, cool. he's the creator of that. Uh, you know, like TTM trade the markets. That's their original simpler trading name. And um wow. uh but yeah, he owns all that stuff. He's pretty solid. That's wild. I think I saw an ad he made like eighteen million dollars trading in one year. Yeah, he was he he had several million dollar trades in one year. Yeah, that is no nuts. big deal. Is it? <laughs> do you know like specifically what one of the trades was? Oh yeah, it was all public. Yeah, um, like there was one he there was obviously the Tesla trade his first one. There was I believe it was Google. Um, that was in a super tight squeeze consolidated for a while. And it was just like the perfect moment of like the market, um, the sector and the ticker all at the same time exploded to the upside. That was one. Um, to be quite honest, he did it pretty often that it's kind of like, oh, there's another one. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I'd love to chat with him then if um, he's willing to pop on the podcast. That'd be cool. Well, I out of questions for the day, but this is uh like some of them I didn't answer. What? <laughs> I feel like some of them I didn't answer. I kind of like went around it in a weird way. But. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, I had a good time talking and I learned a lot too personally. So I appreciate your time. If there's anything else you want to add to like fellow new traders that any any information or lessons. Um, you can drop them now or else we can just pop off. Okay. Um, all right. I, I have some messages for you developing traders. Um, the first, I would want to say is stick to it. Stick to it and grind it out. Um, if you want it bad enough, you will make it happen. I learned to trade in probably one of the worst environments to do it in a completely different time zone. The internet drops where I, electricity goes out, I was in a tin can. If I could do that there, you can do it where you're at. 
And you can, if I can do it, trust me. If you knew me when I was a kid, you would completely agree you could do it too. Um, stick to it, find a strategy that sticks to you and grind it out. Just keep pushing and you'll get there. Yeah, some killer advice. This dude's out here in the sticks, crushing it. And you guys have Wi-Fi and Starbucks and you're complaining. Get out of here. You tell me you can't do it. If you want it bad enough, you will make it happen. That's a big motto that I've always lived by. If you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. And that's what I've done.